lot of guys with jackets on, uh, but it was what a wonderful day it was. Um, another beautiful one today. God is so gracious and merciful to us, and he doesn't have to be. Uh, he created us for his glory, and sometimes we don't do the best job, but he keeps and continues picking us up whenever we fail him. Um, gosh, and just every now and then we get to bring a little glory back to his kingdom, and I believe that this morning there's nobody here by mistake. I believe everybody's here for that purpose this morning, so um, thank you guys for being here. Um, but I'll be honest with you, whether there's one here or a hundred people here, I'd be doing the same thing because this is what God has called me to do uh, for this season. So that's what we have to listen to uh, is his spirit. If you would please bow your heads with me this morning as we go to him in a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, God, we are so thankful Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. God, to give honor and praise and glory back to you. Lord, we don't have much to bring. Lord, everything that we have to offer you is things that you've already given us. But God, I would freely give my life back to you, Lord, if that may bring an honor and glory to your kingdom. God, I pray that we would all have our minds set towards you each and every day of our lives, God. I pray that any distraction this morning would be cast out. God, any thought that's not towards your kingdom this morning would be void and mute so that we could focus on you. God, that we could concentrate on your words. Lord, that we can fellowship with one another. And God, bring one another closer to you. God, we pray for your presence here this morning. God, I've been praying for your presence here all week. God, I know that you're here. I can feel you, Lord, moving amongst us. God, I just pray that nothing is said or done here that doesn't bring honor and glory to your kingdom. God, that nothing would be self-righteous or self-doing. But God, be with the things to come. Be with hearts and minds here today, Lord, that if there's a decision needs to be made, Lord, that it's made today. God, that there's so many people out there lost and wondering and looking and searching. God, I pray that we can bring them answers. Lord, that you would work through us, that you would allow us to be your hands and feet. God, be with us this morning as we unify in the spirit of your son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I titled uh, the sermon this morning. I had a, a thought hit me earlier in the week, and I really pondered on it all week. Um, not glorious, but righteous. And what I mean for that is a true Christian walk is not for your own glory. It doesn't bring attention to you, although it might. But it's not for you, it's for the kingdom of God. And as we walk, we're going to show people things. And that's what I wanted to bring to attention this morning, that our lives are a representation of the kingdom, and that's where we need to point the finger towards. I feel that there's a lack of mature Christians in the country today, and that's the reason that we're experiencing um, some of the things that we're experiencing this message that the Lord gave to me for today is not to scare anybody, but it's to give enlightenment, um, to encourage, to spur on growth as we walk with the Lord. Because I believe the things that are happening in our country are only going to get worse. I believe that we're just at that time that there's not a whole lot of time left. And I don't say that to scare people but to encourage people that if you haven't fully given your life to the Lord to do so today, that's what I want from this. That's what God wants from this. He wants to have a better relationship with you. He wants to have a more intimate relationship with you. He wants you to walk closer to him. He wants you to fully understand the words that he says in the Bible. And he wants us to experience the life that is set before us and wants us to know the glory that's to come. And so when I talk about this, I just want you to know that I hope it encourages you to grow because you see things happening across our country that we won't always be able to gather here like we are today. So let's not take it for granted. Let's use it. Let's take the time that we have to sharpen our skills, mature in the spirit so that one day when we can't gather like this, we're not left out for slaughter. We're not just out there for the wolves to devour that we can rightfully put on the armor of God when we wake up in the morning and we can go talk to our neighbors and we can still seek out the lost. Amen. 
right? Because we don't need a church building to seek out the lost. We come here to get repaired from the world attacking us all week and Satan attacking us all week. We come to get rejuvenated in the spirit, but we have to find that on our own as well. You have to find that on your own as well. You can't just shape up for an hour on Sunday and then do whatever you want throughout the week. It doesn't work like that. But that's what I'm talking about today, that your life should be a reflection of your relationship with God, your creator, and his son, Jesus Christ. It comes with a cost. I want you to know that it comes with a cost. Um, there was a story about a young man or a little boy that grew up in an abusive household. He was abused from way little all the way through, moved out, was homeless, lived on the streets. His first couple attempts at success in life were straight up big failures. He had had an apartment by that time, but he had put his money together to try to put together a Broadway play and failed, lost his apartment was living in his car. Living in his car for some time until he finally had a little bit of success. His name's Tyler Perry. He's found a little bit of success in his life. But I was saying that story just to show you that choosing the right path isn't always the easy path. Right? As we walk with Christ, as we try to become more like him, we're going to have increasing opposition. Right? Because Satan doesn't want that. You start going to church, you find a church that you like, guess what? Something's going to happen that's going to make you not want to go for a little bit. Or you're going to wake up sick one morning. Or you're just going to flat out feel like not going. Or, or somebody's going to say something, you're going to take it the wrong way. Something will happen to try to put a wedge in between you and God. Know it's coming. Be able to see it. Pray about it. Be able to discern what is of God and what is not, right? It's very important. That's part of the maturity process that I'm talking about. But I'm going to start in Luke 14, chapter 25 this morning. Oh, sorry, Luke chapter 14, verse 25. <clears throat> Luke chapter 14, starting in verse 25. It says, And there went great multitudes with him and he turned and he said unto them if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters yet in his own life also he cannot be my disciple and whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple you know me, I'm a, I'm a definition guy. When I see a word, I want to know exactly what it means. A disciple is a student, a learner, and a follower. A student, a learner, and a follower, right? Because we should always be learning. We should always be following. Now, James tells us, in James 1, verse 22, I think, I wrote it down. It says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own sin selves. Deceiving your own selves. It's like getting pulled over by Charlie Hogue, right? Knowing that you've got to wear your seatbelt. And he pulls up and he says, you know, you've got to wear your seatbelt, right? Yep, I know that, but I just didn't. He's going to give you a ticket. He's going to give you a ticket because you knew it, you just didn't do it, Right? So if we think there's not punishment for being hearers only and not doers in God's word, then we're deceiving ourselves. You know, you can hear about salvation all day, every day, but if you never accept God's salvation and you never walk in the light, then you're always going to be in the darkness, right? God gave his only son that you might be saved. That's knowledge. Unless you accept that and know it in your heart and say it with your mouth, it does you no good to just know about it. So when God says, don't be angry and sin, he expects you to do that. This whole book is, is a life instruction manual of things 
that will help you live a better life, a more righteous life. Because we want to live more righteously, not more glorified, right? He says, if any man hate not his father, mother, wife, children, brethren, and sisters, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Why? Because everything that we have done or are are because of God to start with. We have to realize that the air we breathe is borrowed from God. The bodies we have are God's creation. Our children are a gift from God. Everything that we have is God's already. They're not ours. It's nice to live in a nice house, but guess what? Don't get so attached to it that if God calls you to move out of it, you won't leave it. Right? It's nice to have a nice car, but don't get so attached to it that if God tells you to give it to somebody, you won't give it. Same way with money. The big one is time, right? Don't get so attached to time and your plans that you won't allow God to work in your life. That you won't give some of your time back to God. Because, man, it's so hard to go to church for an hour on Sunday, right? Amen? I mean, an hour a week, whoo! I mean, just pump the brakes a little bit. I want a relationship, but let's slow down, right? The mindset of the modern Christian today is, my honest opinion, we're spoiled whiny babies. We've had it way too easy for way too long, but I think stuff's fixing to get real, and that's the thing that I'm going to warn you about today. That's what God told me to tell you today, is things are fixing to get real, and whiny baby ain't going to cut it anymore. If we're going to continue to share the gospel, we've got to mature in the spirit. And then we've got to start doing it. You see all these churches packed with thousands upon thousands of premature Christians. That's scary. It's scary to me. Why? Because how are we supposed to reach a lost and dying world with a bunch of whiny cry babies running around? Oh, man, I ain't got it very good. Oh, I don't have a lot of money. You want to look at it, look at the life of Paul and what he did. Paul sacrificed everything. That's why he's talking about if you won't, are not willing to give up your life as well, if you're not willing to hate everything that the world has to give you and sacrifice it all to me, you can't be my disciple because that's what Jesus Christ did. He gave everything that he had his own blood so that we might be saved. I'm going to flip back to Luke chapter 9 real fast, and I'll just read it to you unless you want to go there. Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 23, it says, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and my words, and of him the Son of Man be ashamed, when he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. We can't get so attached to this world that we're not willing to do the work of God. Complacency is a killer. Idleness is a killer. My grandpa started the store in the 50s, the True Value Hardware store in the square. And he always said, if your business isn't growing, then it's shrinking. There's no neutrality here. It's either growing or it's shrinking. You're either moving forward or you're going backwards. You can't just sit idle. There is no complacency spot. And I believe that to be true in our own spiritual growth. That if you're not desiring, if you're not reaching, if you're not walking after it, then you're doing exactly the opposite. You're walking away from it. You're stepping back. You're losing that intimate relationship that you should desire so much with God that we start doing things and thinking things and acting and doing and, and reaching for things that are not of godly nature, right? That are not righteous. 
Because, man, if I allow my mind to wonder, there's several places where my mind will go, and I'm a man. I can't imagine what you women go through. Because your mind is like, you know, we're like two channels. You guys are like 200,000. It's crazy. Uh, controlling thoughts, and anyway, that's a whole, whole nother level. Um, but what we have to do, what we have to do is desire a relationship with the Lord. We have to start growing spiritually so that when the wiles of the devil can, the fiery darts, we have a shield that we can protect not only ourselves, but our families, our neighbors, our communities, right? Because the men of God will be asked to stand in the last day. I believe it. I believe that the men of God will be asked to stand in the gap and protect their families, their values, their rights, not as citizens of the United States, but as children of God. Because this country is just another country, right? I love the U.S., don't get me wrong. I love the United States of America, but I'm telling you that there is a kingdom at stake that I have far more value and I desire a whole lot more than the United States of America. Because I'm an heir, right? God says I'm an heir. I have an inheritance coming to me that is far more glorious than I could ever imagine. And I get excited about that. But we've got to know what's coming. We've got to know what's coming and we've got to know where we stand. <clears throat> if we couldn't assemble, if this was the last time that we assembled at this church, and I pray that it's not, who's going to take over in your family? Who's going to teach your family? Who's going to teach your neighbor? Who's going to teach your community? Who's going to teach at your school? Who's going to teach about the love and the truth of God? Do we go from being confined in a church building, confined at your house? What if everybody said, I will teach my family? What if everybody said, I will teach my family about the love of God? Yeah, we come to church on Sunday, but how many conversations do we have with our kids Monday through Saturday? Right? I'm asking a serious question here. We come to church on Sunday... But how many conversations do we have with our kids Monday through Saturday? We talk about it for an hour on Sunday, but how many steps are you taking towards the kingdom Monday through Saturday? These are the questions that are hard because if you're not progressing forward, then I believe that you're moving away from, and this country needs progressive Christians, Christians that are moving forward, Christians that are maturing in the spirit, Christians that desire a relationship with God. Why? Because it shows up in your everyday life. It shows up. If you have a strong relationship with God, people will call you and ask you questions. I don't know why. They just do. They see it in you. They see it by the way you walk. They see it by the way you talk. They see it in the reactions you have to hard situations, and you're being watched every second of the day and don't think that you're not. Especially if you've got little ones, man, repeat button. There's not a thing that could happen in my house that my kids won't repeat. So you got to be careful. I mean, it's true. It's like, guess what we did today? And they'll just go through the list. We ate pancakes, and we had biscuits and gravy, and we done this. And, and then mom and dad said that. And then we, I mean, it's great, though. But it's accountability, right? Which is where we've got to get with one another. Luke 14, starting in verse 28. It says, For which of you, intending to build a tower, setteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Lest happily, after he hath laid the foundation, is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, sits not down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. Or else while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsake not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. 
Having knowledge about a decision, right? It's better not to make a decision than not have knowledge and then make a completely insane decision. When Peyton's been asking for a long time and Tate the same, um, and a lot of kids ask about being baptized, and I love it. You know, kids want, kids love water, man. They want to, bink, they want to be dunked under. They're like, I want to be baptized. It's like, all right, do you know what it means? No. Okay. Well, we need to know what it means, right? We need to know what salvation is because we have to realize that salvation's not the same as baptism. We've got to understand these things. It's not just a dunk under the water. Well, it is just a dunk under the water if you don't understand these things. If you don't know what's happening, then it's just a bath. So we have to know what's going on. He says you have to count the cost before you do it. You've got to be knowledgeable. I want you to make a knowledgeable decision. That's why I'm giving you opportunity today. That's why God is speaking to you today because he wants you to make informed decisions. He says, look around at what's going on right now. Look around at what's going on in our country, in our world. He talks about it in his scripture. He talks about what's happening right now, and he's talking about what's to come after this. He's talking about it. He tells us that we wouldn't be taken off guard, that we wouldn't be surprised, that our kids wouldn't be surprised, that we wouldn't walk in fear, but we would be enlightened to be able to bring the truth to other people, right? So he gives us a responsibility once we make a decision. That's why you have to be informed about your decision. He says you don't take 10,000 troops and go into battle and face 20,000 without counting it. you got to understand, you might lose, right? He says you count your, your battle, you look at it, you count the tower, you count the cost before you do it. And if you are not willing to sacrifice it all and give it to me, then don't do it. Because when we accept Jesus Christ as Savior, we accept a lot of other things. We're asking him to be Lord of our life. We're saying, God, we relinquish everything we have to you. At that moment, you relinquish everything that you have back to him that was already his. Seems kind of crazy, but that's the way it works. God created you just so you could give it back to him and glorify his kingdom because he creates all of it, all of it to glorify his kingdom. <clears throat> In verse 34, it says, Saul is good. But if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land, nor yet for the dunghill, but men cast it out. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners, and eateth with them. The only reason I read that part is because he's doing all this teaching. And he's preaching. He's trying to tell the truth. And these guys gather the Pharisees and the scribes at the last, and they, can't, they just can't get past themselves. Man, he's doing all this great teaching, and he's telling them how to be better and how to walk straighter and how to have a more righteous life, but they can't get past to who he's eating with. We ever have that problem in our lives? I'm just being real here this morning. We've got these problems in our lives where God's trying to show us something. He's doing a work in our lives or in our church or in our community, and we just can't get past ourselves to see it. Gosh, woe is me, right? That's where we get sometimes. Oh, I had such a hard time getting out of bed this morning. Oh, that person's singing off key. Oh, that person can't pray worth a lick. Would you look at her hair? I mean, it's just one of those things where God's trying to do a work and we just can't get past ourselves. We've got to come ready to serve spiritually and give everything. If only for an hour out of the week, come Sunday morning, ready to empty yourselves out so that God can fill you at least while you're here. Amen? At least an hour, one hour out of a week. One hour out of a week, give everything of yourself fully devoted to the Lord while you're here. Not what you're going to cook afterwards. Not the family reunion that you're dreading. 
Not the honey to-do list that you've got to do afterwards. You think about God while you are here in God's house, and let's do God's business while we're in God's presence. Amen? Amen? If we can at least do that, that's a start. That's not the finish, but that's a start, right? Fully devoted to him for an hour a week. It's not where I want to be, but it's a start. So we've got to start somewhere. Our spiritual growth has to start somewhere. Our desire for the Lord has to start somewhere. It should have started at salvation, and it may have, and then you just kind of forgot about it for a little bit. But today is the day that you come back to it. Today is the day that you pick your relationship with the Lord back up, because guess what? He never walked away from you. He's still there. He still wants you. He still needs you. Slip over to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. There's hope in this. There's hope in this. In this battle. There's hope in this battle. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 starting in verse 8. It says, We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. I, you guys see a trend here? See a trend? There's bad things that are going to happen, but God's not deserting us here. He's not leaving us here. Why? Because this isn't where he's called us to. This is not where he's called us to. He's called us home to glory, and to glory that for those that have accepted him, we will go. But while we're here, we're going to experience these things. While we're here, we're going to experience distress. While we're here, we're going to experience trouble. While we're here, we're going to be perplexed. While we're here, we're going to be persecuted. While we're here, we're going to be cast down. But he has an answer for all those things. I'm going to back up and I'm going to start again because this gets me excited. Guys, this is the answer to everything bad that's going to happen in your life. Right here on this page. This is your promise. This is your hope, right? Because Christ died for us, we get an answer to all the problems that we're ever going to have. Troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body of the dying Lord Jesus. That life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Woo! I pray that Jesus would manifest inside my body so much that people walking down the street and passing by me go, man, he's got something going on, and I want to be a part of that. And they'll stop you and they'll ask, like, what's your deal? God, serve God. That's my deal in a nutshell. I serve God, and it makes every day good. Yeah, but you got a black eye and a busted lip, and like, yeah, the last guy didn't like God. <laughs> right? Yeah, they might not have liked it, but guess what? You're still good because he tells you it's going to happen, but he's not going to leave you there because God created a body that will heal itself, right? The black eye is going to go away. The busted lip's going to go away. Verse 11, it says, For which we live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. We're always going to be delivered to death by this world, just like our Savior was delivered to death by this world. Don't think it's ever going to be any different. Don't think that. Like I said, choosing a better life is not always the easier path. Because it says straight is the gate, narrow is the way. Why? There's not as many people walking that path. It's a narrow path. I'm a wide guy, so if you're trying to walk beside me, we may have to wait on one another and just get in line. I don't know how narrow the path is going to be, but I want to go there with you guys. It says, so then death worketh in, oh, sorry, I left the second half of that verse out, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in a mortal flesh. Why? Because Jesus overcame death. Amen? Who's excited about that? Jesus overcame death so that we, what? Could overcome death. 
It just kills the outside. It don't kill the inside. That's what I get excited about. See, God works opposite of this world. He starts in the inside and works out. The world starts on the outside and works in. So that's why having a busted lip and a black eye doesn't affect my eternity. Because someday I'm going to cast off this extra body that I've got around the outside of me, and I'm going to live eternally with God the Father that created me. That's what I get excited about, and that's what we're talking about today. But we've got to spiritually grow into these things and not allow the world to keep tearing us down, and we can't lose sight of this whenever we're not gathered together. Spiritually mature, able to pick up the next person, right? Because they may not know this. They may have never read 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. You can be like, whoa, that crazy dude, that one time I was at the small town in Gainesville, and he was talking about something about a promise that God made, and it's in there, and I can tell somebody else about it. Fully devoted one hour on a Sunday, right? One hour on a Sunday, fully devoted, we can walk away with beneficial, eternal knowledge. That's not much time to gather information concerning an eternity, right? Fully devoted on Sunday. Man, if, you, if you're not there, just try it. Try it for a couple weeks, see if it makes a difference in your life. And I promise you, I promise you that it will. Because anytime we fully devote to God, we reap His blessings. Even if it's just eternal life. Say, I never have a success here on earth. Ever. That's okay. Why? Because these successes are temporary. If I never have another home, if God calls me out of the house that we built and calls us to travel the world and do whatever he wants us to do, and we never have another home of our own, my wife's sitting there going, please, God, no. I understand that. I'm right there. But if he does, I know that I have a wife that will follow me because she follows God. And we will leave our home and we will take our kids and we will go do God's work wherever he calls us to go do it. Why? Because God is first. God is everlasting. And God's who gave me life to start with. The only thing that I have to do is give my life back to him. And guess what? It gives other people life on the way. That's the whole point. That's the great commission, right? Go out, speak, tell the truth. Tell people about me. Tell people about the love that I give and the everlasting life that I gave through my son, Jesus Christ. It says, verse 12, So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We have, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore I have spoken, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which is raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Excuse me. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to glory of God, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. I want to read this again because this verse is important for our daily battles. Just like the song, take me face to face with God because I'm tired, I'm worn out, I'm beat down, and I need to be rejuvenated, right? Guess what? You woke up in God's grace this morning, amen? Renewed, right? We've just got to accept it. It's there. We've just got to accept it and acknowledge the fact that it's there. Verse 16, I'm going to read it again. For which cause we faint not. Because we can't stop. We can't stop. We can't stop. The church in California, right? 5,000 people on a beach because California has now stated that that church couldn't gather. Guess what? They couldn't gather in that building. But that's not where the church is, right? They say, hey, we're going to burn your building down. Guess what? Dang it. Hopefully the insurance is paid, but guess what? We're going to move the park. We're going to go to Canyon Mountain. We're going to go to Mason's house. We're going to go to Nancy's house. God's not confined by a building, amen? That's what I get excited about. When you get the spirit rejuvenation here, you can walk out the door with it. We don't have a bucket back there. We're like, whoop, I'm taking off God's hat, I'm gone. I'd serve my hour, right? That's not what we do, we take it. 
We take it. We take it. Monday should be the absolutely best day of the week. Why? Because we got to come together on Sunday and fellowship together and get rejuvenated by the Spirit of God that flows through us. And we like bounce off each other and all this kinetic energy, right? We should be excited to be here. There should be smiles. Yes, we have pain. Yes, we have sorrow. Yes, we have loneliness. Yes, we struggle. But today, this hour, I'm giving it all to God and I'm going to worship God for what he's done for me because through all the pain and the sorrow, he says, one day, you'll have no more pain. One day, you'll have no more sorrow. Physical ailments, what is that? That's a good day to come, guys. That's a good day to come. If your children don't know about it, teach them about it. If your neighbor doesn't know about it, teach them about it. Because we've got a good day coming, guys, and that's what it's all about. That's why we faint not. For which cause we faint not, but through our outward man perish. Though our outward man perish, this body's going away, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. He says it, right? It's got to be true. I'm not making this up. It's in his word. You're renewed day by day. Thank God, because I couldn't make it without getting renewed. Verse 17 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Amen? I want you to see what he says, though, right there. I don't know if this is... I have not taken Greek or Hebrew or any of that. But it says... For our light affliction, right? Light affliction. Anybody ever supported their body weight by three nails? I haven't. So I would assume, you know, with all my skin intact, not ever been beaten beyond recognition, that whatever I go through on the daily is probably light, right? It says light affliction. So think about it. No matter how bad your circumstance is, no matter the worst case scenario, let's just do it that way. Worst case scenario, the worst thing that you could ever imagine. It says our light affliction is but for a moment. Gosh, if that doesn't give you hope right there, I don't know what does. The worst thing that could ever possibly happen to you is light and it's just for a moment. And it says what? It works more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. That hope we have to come. Verse 18 says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. That's why God works from the inside out, right? I keep praying that he'll transform me into the six-pack, you know? But that's the outside, man. If I never get there, which I'm kind of losing hope at this juncture. For one, I don't have the drive. It takes a little work. But at least he's transformed me on the inside. I'm a different man than I was 20 years ago. I'm a different man than I was five years ago. I'm a different man than I was that you see me standing here last week. Because I've spent all week in the glory of my Father. And he changes me piece by piece, bit by bit, because if you desire him, he will be there. If you want him to have an effectual difference in your life, he will have one. Promises, promises, not empty promises, fulfilled promises, changes. Who wants to see a change in our world? Amen? Gosh, guess what? He gave us a promise for that. Instead of my people, my children, who were called by my name, turn away from their wicked ways. See, we're counting that cost again because we want to turn, but we want to hold on to it, right? I want to reach towards God. God, I glorify you, but I've got a hold of this sin down here. You can't have it both ways. You can't walk forward and backwards at the same time. This is spiritual maturity that I'm talking about, guys. These are the things that we have to change if we're going to make an effectual difference on our community. He wants a people that desire him. He wants a people that desire him more than anything else in this world. 
because nothing else in this world has a touch or can touch anything that he has to offer. We've got to grow towards him. We've got to walk towards him. We've got to start thinking like him. We've got to start acting like him. One of the biggest things we touched on Wednesday was anger. Man, and, can, and controlling it in our study and, and how we're different from the rest of the world and how we handle things differently than the rest of the world and how we react to things different than the rest of the world. The only thing that we should be like the rest of the world is that God created us this body to walk around in, right? And most of us have five fingers, five toes. Grandpa only had four. He shot one off of the gun. But little variations, light afflictions, right? I bet you up in heaven, my grandpa's got five fingers now. I bet mean, he's good. Even if he doesn't, I bet he doesn't care. Because that's what we've got to come. That's the glory, the hope in Jesus Christ that the world needs to hear from who? Us. That's why we have to grow. We have to grow. As a church, as an individual, as a child of the king, we have to grow. People are depending on us. A community depends on us. Guess who normally steps up when a community needs help? Why do you think communities are, are usually dictated around their churches and what the churches do? Guess what? The school this year is supplying all of our kids with school supplies. Why? Because of what the churches are doing. Amen? That's such a cool thing. But if you'll look, communities for years and years and years have surrounded churches. Why? Because they depend on them. They depend on them for forgiveness. They depend on them for grace. They depend on them for love. They depend on them for examples. They depend on them for money sometimes. Why? Because we're a loving, giving people because we serve a loving, giving God. And we're supposed to walk in a reflection of his light and his love. Spiritual maturity, right? I may not get to eat today, but here's five bucks because you haven't eaten in two days. God gave it to me anyway, right? First Peter. <clears throat> I wanted to read this as a close. 1 Peter, chapter 1, starting in verse 3. I love this because this is just, it gives a depiction of what's to come. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 4, listen to this. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. Amen? That's a promise. That's something to get excited about. That's why we do it because I don't want to just go there by myself. I want to take a whole bunch of people with me. I want them to have to widen that path just a little bit because of the life I live for Christ Jesus. That's what I want, right? Produce fruit. The only fruit that's going to sustain the end when Jesus Christ comes back is other salvations. It doesn't matter how big your house is, it's going down, right? It says it. Anything built with earthly material things will fade away. It's going away. You may have had the biggest career ever. But they say most names are forgotten within three generations. Three generations. But just because you're forgotten doesn't mean that you can't have an impact longer than that. It doesn't mean that you can't have an impact longer than that. I hope that I walk in a way that my children will teach their children. And even if their children don't teach their children, I hope they teach their grandchildren. And I hope those children teach their children. And I hope my kids teach kids at school. And I hope my kids teach adults, man. I hope adults will start listening to kids sometimes because they've got a lot to offer. They really do. They tell you some pretty brutally honest things sometimes that you need to hear. But it's not out of hate. They just notice it and they say it, right? 
Kids have a lot to offer. Verse 4, I'm going to read it again. It says, To an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith into salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's a promise worth standing on. We've got an eternity that waits for us that's held through the power of God. It doesn't fade away. It doesn't get worse. It doesn't get better because it can't. It's the best thing. It's the best thing. I can't even imagine. You think about the best day ever here on this earth. It's going to be so much better than that. And it's not going to be taken away by death, sorrow, or sadness because there will no longer be those things. I don't understand how Christians can walk around so sad. It's like that story I always tell about the guy with no legs and the, the guy comes to him after a motivational speech and he says, I don't know how you can be so happy without no legs. The guy goes, I don't know how you can be so sad with two. Man, we've got love, knowledge, grace, mercy. God sent his son for us that we might have a place in heaven. And we're going to walk around like we're sad? Why? Because I've had a little misfortune here and there? Light affliction. Temporary. Right? Carries no eternal weight. That's what gets me excited. We're going to have a bad day here and there. Yes, we are. Some days are going to be tougher than the others. But man, when you start thinking about everything that God has done for you, And every time God picked you up when you fell down. Don't you want to be that extension of his hands and feet for other people? They may be the only Bible that, you may be the only Bible that they ever read. Because you helped them pick up something that they dropped. Because you opened a door for them that they couldn't get. That may be it. That may be the one time, but that may be the only thing that's needed. A seed planted that God can send a harvester for. Amen? Something that will stand on the last day when Jesus Christ comes back, that you may get to see. I opened a door for that lady and said, God bless you. There she stands. Whew. That's good stuff. We talk about VBS and I get all fired up and I just got one last story because it's, it's such an awesome story and it shows how big of a klutz that I am. Uh, Last year at VBS, though, I was trying to, uh, let's see how I'm going to put this, strongly encourage a girl to be involved. Let's put it that way. I was strongly encouraging a girl to be involved, and I may have encouraged a little too much, and she kind of fell apart on me, started crying. I felt terrible. I pulled her to the side. We went around the edge of the building. I sat down with her, started talking with her. Guess what? She accepted Christ in that conversation. Amen? Amen? Through my dumbness and resilience of we need to be involved in this game, a little girl came to know Christ. That shows what he can do, not what I can do, because I messed it up royally. And I, seeing the tears flow down her cheeks because of what I had done just tore me to pieces. But God took that and he made it something eternal. He made it something eternal. I could give my kids all the, the trailers and pink stuff that they ever could want in their whole entire life. But when Jesus Christ comes back, that stuff is gone. Their salvation will stand. Their faith in Christ will still be there when Jesus comes back, and they will be one of the children of receiving their king. Man, that moment of glory, I can't imagine. That moment of glory, when we get called home, I get excited about Just think about it. Man, it's promised to us. It's in God's strength. Nobody can take it. 
Nobody can take your eternal salvation. Nobody. They can do whatever they want to the skin, flesh, and bones. They can break all of them and take all the hide off. Guess what? Still going to glory. Hey. Right? I'm excited about that. I may have a bad day tomorrow, but guess what? It's ultimately a good day because when the Lord comes back, I'm headed home. I'm headed home. God puts you where you're at for a reason. Think about that this week. Let's stand. God puts you where you're at for a reason, and I want you to think about that when you encounter a difficulty this week. When you encounter somebody this week, when you come into contact with somebody this week, God puts you there for a purpose. Pray about it. Pray about our encounters. Pray and desire to have a relationship with the Lord. As we mature, as our country is striving for mature Christians, somebody willing to stand, somebody not just willing to talk the talk and show up at church on Sunday, but walks the walk Monday through Saturday. They don't want to see different me on Monday than they see me on Sunday. There wouldn't be very many people left here if I lived differently throughout the week than I do right now. Why? Hypocrite, right? 75% of non-churchgoers believe that there's hypocrites in the church, and guess what? I believe they're right. Because we need to desire God more. We need to grow spiritually. We need to have a vaster, deeper knowledge in relationship with our God the Father. Yes, I trip and stumble and fall. I do, absolutely. But by God's grace and God's mercy, he picks me back up, dusts me off, and says, I'm not done with you yet. Keep marching, soldier. There's still work to do. There's still people that don't know about me. There's still people that can't read the Bible that need to hear about me. There's still people watching you and learning from you. That's all of us as children of the King. All of us. So today, if you need help through a burden, if you say, I'm, I'm stuck, man, I'm just in this rut, I'm in this funk, come up here, let's get it clean. Let's hit our knees and let's pray and let's cry out. God, what are you showing me while I'm in this valley? God, what do I need to see while I'm here? Because today is a teachable moment. I may be suffering, but I know it's just for a little bit. You're showing me something. God, I need to see you. Today, let's find it out today. Let's get past ourselves. Right? We're not worried about who's looking at us as we walk to the front. Let's get past ourselves because on our knees, in front of a God that created us. This is where we're going to find his presence. 